The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And welcome back for what I hope will be another very enjoyable show and hope we can put you on some winners. I'm bringing in one of my top handicappers, Tom Law, to help us out with our handicapping duties. And, man, do we have some great races on tap for you. Starting out down in Florida, it is going to be the Gulfstream Oaks, grade two, $300,000, going a mile and an eighth, brought together a field of eight. And then what a matchup in the Bessalou Stables Florida Derby. We are going to get to see Wildcat Red and General A-Rod match strides again, but there are some new players in there, and the one that is now the pre-Derby favorite, according to Mike Battaglia's odds, and that is Cairo Prince uh, coming off the Holy Bull win. Uh, Louis Sayers will be in the saddle for Kieran McLaughlin. Uh, this is a horse that has never finished worse than second, and when he did, it was by a nose to the highly regarded honor code in the Remsen. That's down in Florida. Then we go over to Louisiana, and it's time for the Fairgrounds Oaks. This one, not too many showed up because the horse that drew the one hole was untappable, who looked unbeatable in her only start at the Fairgrounds. One for one now. She blew him away by nine and a half in the Rachel Alexandra. Untappable draws the rail. We'll see if Tom thinks there's anybody in there that can give her a run for her money, or at least maybe at least give us a solid exacta. Then we're right down there off Gentilly Boulevard. We go to the Louisiana Derby, million-dollar purse. It's a grade two. What a matchup in here. Coming back is Risen Star winner Intense Holiday, who got up by a nose after Albano and Vickers in Trouble, who you may recall got parked outside with that bad 13 unlucky post position last time out. Uh, This is going to be a great matchup. Also coming in from Aqueduct, in the Gotham Stakes, it was in trouble, who stretched out for the first time for Dick Dutro and ran into the top two New York bred Samurad and Uncle Cy, was trapped down along the rail. be interesting to see what Tom Law has to say about uh, that horse's chances in the Louisiana Derby. Just some great matchups, and again, we'll be bringing in Tom Law for that. And then uh, hopefully we'll have with us the winner of the George Wolf Memorial Award, and that was Corey Lanry. Uh, Corey is one of these jockeys that has uh, kind of flown under the radar uh, over the years, but uh, what a solid, solid individual. And, of course, this award uh, 
since 1950. It's one of the most highly coveted honors in all of racing. It recognizes the, the jockeys whose careers and personal character have earned the esteem for both the individual and the sport of thoroughbred racing. So Corey Landry, I know he's going to be busy down. He's got rides in uh, both of those Gulfstream Park that I mentioned. So uh, hopefully... Uh, We'll be, we'll be getting Corey on. I called him a little bit earlier and didn't answer his phone. Maybe he's just out to dinner. Congratulations. We got some uh, jockey news right out of the top, and that is uh, uh, John Velasquez, who we had on three weeks ago when he guided uh, We Miss Artie to victory in the Horseshoe Casino Cincinnati Spiral Stakes, became the first rider in history to reach the $300 million mark in North American purses. What, what a fantastic person, as you got to hear a couple weeks ago, and um, what a fantastic rider. Um, he, uh, just, he, he's been there, done that. He's now won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, you know, he uh, is just a fantastic two-time Eclipse Award winner and only one of 25 jockeys that's won more than 5,000 victories. So congratulations go to Johnny V. And congratulations go to Joel Rosario. He's been named the recipient of the 6th Annual Bill Hartack Award, uh, founded by the Bill Hartack Charitable Foundation. Uh, it honors the memory and lifetime achievement of that fantastic jockey, one of only two jockeys to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Rosario, uh, native of the Dominican Republic, won the 2013 Derby aboard Orb. Just a fantastic individual himself. Uh, moving on to uh, more uh, Jackie news, Michael Ritvo, name may sound familiar, uh, in only his second race, the apprentice notched his first victory in a front-running tally down at Gulfstream Park. So uh, he's 19 years old right now, and his parents are Kathy Ritvo and Tim Ritvo, uh, who's Gulfstream's president and general manager. Of course, uh, uh, Kathy Ritvo, one of the top trainers in the country, winning the Breeders' Cup Classic with Mucho Macho Man last year. So they're keeping it in the family. Well, uh, sad to say, uh, racing got a bit of a black eye. Uh, the people at PETA somehow got involved in the Asbusen barn uh, a while back, and they finally broke their report, underground video. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can, and it's been quite a stir in the racing community all week long. As a matter of fact, uh, Steve Asmussen um, has uh, relieved Scott Blossie, his longtime assistant, from his duties working with Asmussen. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty shocking if, if you do see the videotape. It was uh, edited down to just a nine-minute clip, uh, but uh, it was a I'd have to say it was disturbing if you, uh, if you watch it. Um, Blasi says that at the time he was uh, going through some problems, uh, had some women problems and alcohol problems and probably wasn't carrying his business around right, uh, but that didn't uh, change the mind of Zayat Stables. <clears throat> Ahmed Zayat is uh, removing all of his horses from the barn. <clears throat> and... Uh, he, he called both Asmussen and Blasi and uh, didn't get direct responses right away, but uh, it looks like uh, some other trainers are going to benefit from it. Um, over the past few days, he was able to coordinate the logistics of moving all 12 horses from the Asmussen barn uh, to racetracks around the country. 
uh, scattered just about everywhere from fairgrounds, Oaklawn, Sam Houston, and Aqueduct. Uh, most notably, it includes four-time graded stakes-winning millionaire Prayer for Relief. Um, the horses have been dispersed between Dale Romans, D. Wayne Lucas, and a young upstart conditioner by the name of Michael Wilson. Romans and Lucas have been regular trainers for the Zayat stable, while Wilson will have a string of horses in New York. Uh, Zayat uh, has a lot of faith in him. So Romans taking over training duties for prayer for relief, who's slated to run in this Saturday's New Orleans Handicap that looks to be a very, very good race. Um, let's not forget, it is uh, time to get up early <laughs> because they'll be running at night over in Dubai. Uh, there are several American horses uh, that will be going to post over in the Dubai races on Saturday. Uh, West Point Thoroughbreds Twilight Eclipse will try to become the first United States-based runner to win the $5 million Dubai Shima Classic at Maidan Racecourse. Of course, they'll be taking on some of the top runners in the world, including the star Japanese mare, Gentle Donna. <clears throat> uh, also, uh, American-represented horses are Z Bros, who's entered for the $2 million Dubai Golden Shaheen, and Berlino de Tiger tries for the $1 million Alcuez Sprint. Hope I'm saying that right. Well, they always say if somebody offers you a million dollars for a horse, buy a new halter and say, what time do I deliver them? Well, it looks like that's not going to happen right away with Social Inclusion, who was so impressive. Uh, Social Inclusion is going to go in the Wood Memorial, and then it looks like they're going to um, start to take some serious looks at the sale rumors. Uh, Ron Sanchez, the owner, uh, says that no deals will be uh, considered. Uh, he just felt that if he sold them before the Wood Memorial, it would have meant a change in trainers, moving them to a new barn, and he didn't think that would be in the horse's best interest. 85-year-old Manny Aspura has done a great job up to this point, and all I can say is Ron Sanchez wants to give him his chance on the big stage in New York in the Wood Memorial. So we'll find out. It's been rumored that he has had offers of up to $8 million for the Colts. <clears throat> well, uh, we're going to handicap a couple races from New Orleans. One we, we won't probably get to is the New Orleans Handicap. What a great race that's going to be. As a matter of fact, uh, they got a great card all day long at the fairgrounds. Um, classic winner Palace Malice will try to keep his fast start to the 2014 season going, uh, and he's going to face some pretty tough horses in there. Of course, Palace Malice won the Belmont Stakes, and uh, he's going to be going into the New Orleans Handicap. Uh, he's spotting everybody some weight. Remember, he's a four-year-old now, and uh, he's going to be giving them anywhere from uh, two to nine pounds. Uh, he'll be breaking from the outside in the field of eight, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the Belmont Park winner does against a very accomplished uh, uh, field that includes Normandy Invasion, who's come back. He was a huge allowance winner at Gulfstream Park back in February. So uh, other horses are uh, uh, Golden Soul, homebred of Charles Fipke, uh, last year's runner-up in a race by the name of the Kentucky Derby. Also winner of the Mine Chef Handicap at Fairgrounds, um, <clears throat> Bradster will be going. And again, as we stated earlier, uh, Prayer for Relief uh, will be uh, also in there again now, moved to the uh, the Dale Romans Barn. And... Uh, 
Let's go back and take a look now at some of last week's races. As you recall, we had uh, Byron King with us, and uh, Byron did an excellent job at handicapping. And uh, he, of course, is in Kentucky. He's a Kentuckian, so he's pretty uh, good at those local races. And uh, he uh, almost got the exacta in the Horseshoe Casino Spiral Stakes. But he did give us the winner, and the winner was We Miss Artie. And We Miss Artie returning to Polytrack. His last time on Polytrack, uh, he won the, uh, the grade one, uh, Breeders Futurity at Keeneland. John Velasquez was in the saddle that day, hadn't ridden him in his three subs- subsequent starts, and also, We Miss Artie was not on synthetic surfaces in the next three starts. Of course, one of those was the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and we pointed out uh, several times that horses um, have come back good out of that race, and remember, that's a race that horses were not allowed to race on in, in Lasix, on Lasix, rather, and all of a sudden they uh, pretty much uh, it seemed to bounce back very well since they were able to get back on their medication. But we miss Artie. Johnny V in the saddle uh, wasn't anywhere in the beginning. It looked like a race devoid of speed, and uh, the, the, the horse that won the prep for this race, the John Battaglia Solitary Ranger, uh, Thought he was going to get loose, but he had company on the front end. And so there were three of them up front, including Harry's Holiday, uh, that had won the 96 Rock at Turfway, although that was a sprint. And uh, the only one that stuck around was Harry's Holiday. But as they came down the lane, all of a sudden, uh, the horse by the name of Coastline, that was Byron King's long shot, went off at 9-1, to one, made a really solid move up the rail with Stuart Elliott in the, uh, the saddle. This is another horse who all of a sudden was its first race back on polytrack, and that may have been a factor uh, in the spiral. It'll be interesting to see how these horses uh, eventually adapt to uh, a dirt surface uh, like they have at Churchill Downs, but getting the job done widest of all, they hit the line together. It was We Miss Artie Byron's top pick. In the second spot, uh, just a nose behind We Miss Artie was Harry's Holiday with Rosie Napravnik in the saddle. And in the third spot, again, was Coastline. And uh, this will be a very interesting horse out of the Mark Cassie barn uh, to see if he can stretch out, but did get uh, derby points last Saturday. Um, I'll take uh, the congrats for the win in the Bourbonette Oaks at Turfway. I, I just felt that uh, Oriella's Bell had the, the class in this race. Uh, she had been running against the ill-fated Only For You. Uh, three straight graded stakes races. She was the only filly in the field that had come out of three straight graded stakes races. Uh, and again, running against uh, the best in the country. And she proved her class in the Bourbonette uh, with Channing Hill in the saddle. Oriella's Bell got the job done by two and a quarter lengths over the favorite Sloan Square. Now, this was a three-year-old Giants Causeway filly that had only made two career starts, both of them wins, and this one Johnny V was up on, and uh, this horse went off at two to one. Again, I thought that this was the, the, the biggest threat to Oriola's Bell, but I just thought class would prevail. And it did. Uh, finishing third, a horse that Corey Landry was riding at 18 to 1 called Katie's 
I. So uh, anyhow, I hope you had the exacta. 7-4, paid $37.80. Uh, then it was out to, uh, to Sunland Park where we played the, the Sunland Derby. And uh, this uh, brought together an interesting field. Of course, as we spoke, that Bob Baffert looked to have the strong hand. He brought in Chi 2 and Midnight Hawk. I just felt that Midnight Hawk, A, was coming back too soon. It had just run into San Felipe on March 8th. And I still have questions about Midnight Hawk being a mile and a quarter horse. But no questions about Chi 2. Midnight Hawk took the lead into the turn over Chi 2. And then all of a sudden, Chi 2 made a strong, strong comeback finish and was very impressive. But nonetheless, uh, Baffert gets the uh, exacta in the grade three $800,000 Sunland Park Derby. Uh, Third in that race was Commissioner Todd Pletcher, trainee Johnny Velasquez, flying out from Kentucky, gets the mount. They put blinkers on this horse for the first time and, again, did manage to finish third in that race. And it'll be very interesting on Oaks Day to see if Dick Vitale is up in the announcer's booth. Why do you say that? Well, uh, because he is legendary for Awesome Baby, and Awesome Baby won the Sunland Oaks with authority. I mean, Baffert absolutely owns this race. She's perfect now in three career starts this year, uh, following wins in the Santa Ynez Stakes and the Santa Isabel, if I'm correctly pronouncing that. Um, And now she went way to the top of the leaderboard in the Kentucky Oaks. She's got 110 points, so no worries for her uh, getting into the Oaks at this point. So uh, very impressive, awesome baby. Went to the front, never looked back. You've got to remember that now uh, Baffert uses this race. Uh, he saddled uh, Tufted Sizz in t- 2007, Gabby's Golden Girl in 2009. And how about Plum Pretty? And Plum Pretty used this race. She won by nine, 25 lengths back in 2011, and then went on to capture the Kentucky Oaks. So uh, certainly uh, the man with the white hair knows what he's doing when he gets out to Sunland Park. Also, uh, in, in the uh, the leaderboard, uh, with that win in the spiral, we miss Artie right now is at the top. Uh, Samarats in the second spot. Uh, opportunity third. She, too with the Sunland Wind, now goes to the fourth spot. And then Intense Holiday that's going to run this weekend is in the fifth spot. Midnight Hawk, with the second-place finish at Sunland, moves into the sixth spot. And then uh, another horse we'll get to see, Wildcat Reds, in the seventh. A Ring Weekend, who won down Tampa, is eighth. And then California Chrome, the horse from out west that they're touting as the big horse, is ninth. And rounding out the top ten leaderboard for the Kentucky Derby is Tapature. So that that is, again, a look at our leaderboard. Also, let's go now to the NTRA top thoroughbred poll. The dude, game on dude, still on top. He is over Will Take Charge, Leah, and Wise Dan, who is yet to run this year. He's supposed to show up at Keeneland. And then in the fifth spot is Mucho Macho Man. And then six, Palace Malice, we'll see what he's got in the New Orleans handicap. And now, in week three of the NTRA top three-year-old poll, uh, we have Cairo Prince. We'll see what he's made of uh, in, the, in uh, Florida this week. 
He's on top of California Chrome. And third spot is Candy Boy. And the fourth spot is Samurott. Tapature is in fifth. Opportunity, Intense Holiday, Wildcat Red, General A-Rod, who we'll see this weekend. And she, too, lands in the tenth spot. Again, those all three-year-olds, the NTRA poll. Well, that's a, a very good look at, at what's been going on. Again, I alluded earlier that California Chrome uh, was uh, placed uh, as the uh, five-to-one choice in the morning line odds in the Kentucky Derby futures pool just ahead of Cairo Prince, who we'll get to see to run this weekend. And so you're able to start to uh, bet this race uh, starting today in the third spot are all others, so any other three-year-old that could possibly make the field uh, is considered the third best by Mike Battaglia in that advance wager. Uh, so uh, that's, that's a look at what's been happening this week and what's coming up. And in just a little while, uh, we're going to be talking with our friend Tom Law. And Tom, again, is going to help us break down the two top races this weekend at the fairgrounds and at Gulfstream Park. Both of them have a derby and an oaks. So we're going to take a little break here. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. 
Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of my favorite people in racing. His name is Tom Law. If you've listened to this show, you know that I'm not shy about uh, calling out to Tom for his expertise, either on a special subject or on handicapping. He's not shy about going to a window every now and then. Of course, uh, uh, Tom, uh, former editor of the Thoroughbred Times, and now he has uh, hooked up with the Clancy Brothers. Uh, they, they have a, a great website and a great publication. I'm going to let him tell you exactly where you go to go get that. And uh, also, he's had some involvements uh, helping out with the New York Racing Program just in the last week. So with me right now, Tom Law. Tom, how you doing? doing i'm doing very well john i uh appreciate the plug for the uh new york racing new york bread uh, racing program we just uh, we just finished it up last week down in maryland and uh, we think it's a good project and we're excited uh, to have a partnership with the new york thoroughbred breeders well can, can you give us some more details tell everybody you know what it is you do obviously when you get a little more into the meat of saratoga and the clancy brothers with the hunt jump meats but you know you're kind of just coming out of the winter right now so it sounded like a, a pretty interesting side project yeah it was uh so uh, as part of our sort of ongoing mission with st publishing that's the name of our parent company that also does the saratoga special during the saratoga meet we have the this is horse website which goes all year round covers flat racing jump racing and uh, all you know uh, good equestrian stories we uh i, I got asked uh, by the new york thoroughbred breeders to to vote in their annual new york bred champions awards and i was going through the past performances that they sent me and as i was going through i was kind of leafing through each division the two-year-olds the three-year-olds the turf horses i, I said to myself man uh i'm ri- we've written stories on almost every one of these horses so uh I called, I called Jeff Canizzo at the New York Thoroughbred Breeders, who I knew from a previous association at, at Thoroughbred Times, and said, hey, Jeff, you know, like, uh, do you guys ever do like a commemorative program or anything like that for your awards dinner? Maybe, uh, maybe we could help you do something. So, you know, one thing led to another. I had some ideas. They had some ideas. We kind of came together on the project, and uh, we decided that we were going to do a, a full commemorative program. It is black and white. We're hoping to maybe... Uh, ramp it up a little bit next year, but uh, we basically did about uh, short little profiles written in the same style as the Saratoga special is written on every one of the uh, nominees for the New York Red Champions Awards. So there were, I think there were 37 individual horses that are up for around 48. Uh, there were 48 nominations, but there are some horses were duplicate nominees, so there were about 37 different horses that we had to write about. So it was, uh, you know, it was a great project. It was I was fortunate. I was down in Florida in February working on another project that we're working on uh, about a, a book that we're, we're we haven't really made a lot of progress on it in the last year, but we're hopefully going to have that ready to announce pretty soon. And uh, I interviewed some horsemen when I was down there. I got to watch some races down there and uh, work on the project, and then, of course, uh, did a lot of it from my office right here in Saratoga. So, and then we finished it up uh, last week in down in Fairhill, Maryland, which is where our home base is, and then the awards dinner is actually on Tuesday, April 1st, here in Saratoga, and um, they're, they're expecting about 200 people at the dinner, which will be exciting, and um, I got the first look at the program today when I stopped by the New York Breeders' office, also here in Saratoga. So, um, it turned out really well, and we're, we're excited about it. You're living the dream, Tom. You know, Florida in February, Saratoga in August. You're one lucky man. You've been blessed. 
Well, I'll tell you, Saratoga in January and February was uh, certainly no treat this year. It was a, <laughs> a, a big uh, wake-up call for me after 14-plus uh, years in Kentucky. I, I grew up here in Saratoga, obviously, but, uh, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it took a little bit of a dusting, to say the least, after uh, the last several winters in Kentucky where it was you know, pretty mild compared to the weather here. Well, I was an upstate New York boy myself, but I, I was really in the pits of it. Syracuse, who sets records every year. Uh, they didn't this oh, year. Yeah. Somebody else beat them. I've read maybe, I think it was Buffalo beat them this year, so they're oh, okay. too. But, uh, yeah, they always have a good Tom, battle. Uh, you know, uh, something I have to bring up. You know me, I'm a glass half full guy, uh, but sure. the, uh, the expose, uh, that, uh, that came out of the, Asmussen Barn this week, and obviously uh, the subsequent uh, shakeups with Mr. Zayat. Obviously, Mr. Winchell is, uh, at least to this point, sticking with Asmussen and the horses that, that he has. Uh, what do you think that, that the ripple effect this is going to have through the industry? Well, I mean, it's uh, we spoke off the air a little bit about how it's uh, you know a big issue, and, and yeah, you're a glass half full guy, and so am I, and. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, there can be a, a silver lining to this story. Obviously, um, you know, I don't think that a story like this uh, paints an accurate picture of the industry. It certainly doesn't paint the picture of the industry that I know, that I've, I've worked in for, you know, 20-plus years. Uh, it's not an industry that I just uh, observe on the weekends or, you know, go and casually have conversations as a reporter with with uh, members of the industry, you know, I've, I've worked in it and closely with a lot of these people. Um, I'm not going to say that there's not uh, a certain bad element in, in the game. And, you know, maybe, maybe something like this uh, is the impetus to get rid of the people that uh, the industry doesn't uh, want to uh, be associated with or, or, you know, have as their, you know, for lack of a better term, their poster children. Now, uh, obviously, we live in a country where you're innocent until proven guilty. So I, I don't think that uh, a nine and a half minute video is is really maybe representative of uh, someone's entire character. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of things on that on that video that are are not very flattering to the people that are in the video. But uh, somebody said to me the other day, "Well, I think if you took a a nine-minute video of your own life and, and put it on there, that was all the bad things, it wouldn't make you look very good either. Um, right. So, it was edited you know, down from to... nine hours that was shot, Tom, and I guarantee if you spent right. nine hours with me, uh, you'd be able to get some bad stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I hate, to, I hate to sort of skate the fence on this. Uh, you know, I, I really have some opinion. I have some opinions about it uh, professionally and personally. Um, I, didn't, I didn't feel like... Uh, uh, Steve Asmussen really even should have been included on the, the Racing Hall of Fame uh, nomination list this year. Um, you and know, I think the Hall, of Fame to, the Hall of Fame to me is, uh, is representative of the excellence in the sport, and I don't think that somebody that's had as many uh, drug positives as him and has served uh, as many suspen- uh, you know, suspensions, uh, basically where you're admitting that you're, you, you have these violations, is really worthy of, of such an honor. Um, you know, I, I, I vote in the Hall of Fame, and he he was obviously not going to get my vote. But, uh, you know, obviously his, his nomination has been rescinded now, um, I guess rightfully so, in the wake of this. Although, like I said, you're 
this is just uh, uh, one group's uh, putting out, putting some propaganda out there. So I'm not sure that this is the a court of law by any means. But uh, you know, the Hall of Fame certainly uh, has its own set of rules that that it can it can go by. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I, I wanted I want to get your 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 input on that, and of course, yeah. uh, I want to get your input on some of the top races we're going to see. I mean, it, it's hard to believe that it's like Derby credential time, and uh, we're moving <laughs> yeah. forward uh, as quickly as we are uh, with the Oaks and the Derby and the 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 fewer and fewer prep races that remain, and uh, we certainly have some races of significance this week. Uh, one one race we'll. we'll We'll start with uh, uh, the Gulfstream Oaks that uh, uh, brings together some horses that you know ha- have competed in in some graded races, but haven't knocked anybody's eyes out. Uh, a couple of horses that have been lightly raced. It looks like they've got a nice upside to them. Uh, the horse uh, that brings my eye. Uh, to who I think is the one to beat in here. Again, the Gulfstream Park Oaks, grade two, mile and an eighth. So these horses will all be stretching out of it. Is house rules, and the reason it is, it's all about the company you keep. And this is a horse that is in, uh, just uh, was beaten by the ill-fated only for you. And what most impresses me is I saw Orielis Bell uh, win the Grade Tree Bourbonette last weekend in very impressive fashion. And house rules beat her last time out. Horses trained by uh, no stranger to you, Alan Jerkins. Uh, is she the one to beat in here, or you got a time loss sleeper? No, uh, it's funny that you, you have, uh, we're on the same, we're really on the same page in here. I, I think if, uh, you know, a Philly like only for you, uh, like you mentioned, uh, certainly ill-fated and, and is, is, is deceased. Um, she, what, what would she have been in this race? So, uh, this house rules ran really, really well to her it was second, you know, all the way around the track against, uh, you know, going a mile to 16th. So going, uh, you know, uh, just a, a 16th of a mile shorter than the race that she'll run in on Saturday. And, and I, she fits really well in here. I do think, uh, you know, is she a standout in here? I'm not entirely sure. I think, uh, you know, the way that the track there at Gulfstream has been playing, a lot, a lot of speed, you know, and, and, and horses going to the front, hanging on. Um, the last I heard, I heard a little bit today that they may get, some, a lot of rain down there this weekend. Yes, which, I uh, got the same report from my friends that are going yeah. to the handicapping tournament out in Vegas. They're saying that mm-hmm. uh, it's almost guaranteed at Gulfstream and potentially fairgrounds that it, that it could come up wet. Yeah, so that that certainly changes the uh, really throws a uh, a really interesting wrinkle into the entire picture for the really for the whole weekend and really sort of the implications for the Kentucky Oaks Kentucky Derby because you'll have that. Sort of a lot of these horses may be making their last prep uh, on a wet track if, if some of them actually go. Now, uh, you know, Gulfstream, when it's wet, certainly is a, a, another track that tends to favor speed, as a lot of them do. Uh, I think Todd Fletcher has a horse he trained only for you, and he also has you know, a filly named In Tune that's in here. Um, she has, she's only run twice, and she didn't make her debut until January 12th, but, you know, she kind of did it in that style that you'd like to see where she goes to the front and just kind of hangs on. And, and it has been, you know, pretty impressive. I'm brought up on Philly, um, you know, hard to knock her. She's two for two, but she is stepping up against Philly that have run in stakes company and graded stakes company. So, you know, if you're, you're not going to get hugely, uh, a huge price on her by any means, but, uh, 
You know, I, other horses I think, you know, Penwith, the two horse, Karen McLaughlin Philly, uh, I think her her last race in, in the Devona Dale maybe was a little worse than she is. I think she's a filly of some pretty good quality. She uh added Lasix that day. Um, you know, and she was she was behind those first three that we already talked about, only for you, House Rules and Ariella's Bell, albeit way behind uh the third right. filly in there. And then uh uh, Trez Abbott is the trainer of the three, uh, uh, Camille Claudel, who was second to in tune last time out. Um, and, and she's a filly that, that, uh, you know, was a huge winner in the flop, uh, three starts back at Laurel when she won her maiden. Now I'm, I'm not sure how great the, the quality of competition, uh, Maryland, uh, Maryland made, made special weights in, in late November are as compared to, the kind of feelings that she's going to face in the Gulfstream Oaks, but she could be somebody that's a good price in it, and she's had a little bit of provenness on uh, off track if that's what they get down. Well, I think if there's one that might be coming from out of the clouds and uh, is Joint Return, kind of a mystery horse uh, that's been racing at Parks and Aqueduct, but uh, certainly can come from way out of it. And it looks like mm-hmm. distance will be no question for this daughter of Include. She won the $100,000 Busher, uh, though it's not a graded race. Uh, she's never been off the board. Four starts, three wins, and uh, looks like uh, Kendall Karamuch will be back in the saddle for John's service. So, I wouldn't throw. I wouldn't keep her off my ticket if I'm going to a try. Yeah, I think she's going to be pretty good. And of course, as you mentioned, John Service is uh, certainly a, a familiar name that uh, we haven't heard in quite a while. 2000, uh, 2004 with Smarty Jones. It'd be uh, be nice to have him back in the uh, back at Churchill Downs for the Kentucky Oaks with uh, with Joint Return. That would be a special little homecoming for him. Uh, Ten years removed from from winning the Derby with Smarty Jones. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to an absolute fantastic matchup. You as a writer uh, would, would absolutely have a great time getting your teeth into this race. I mean, you've got this great uh, matchup between Wildcat Red and General A-Rod, only now they switch seats. It looks like uh, General A-Rod's not going to take the worst of it. I really thought he was stuck in tight at the Fountain of Youth and kind of got, uh, you know, in between top billing and Wildcat Red, not to take anything away from Wildcat Red, a horse that's never been worse than second. But this horse uh, draws the rails, has speed, you know, and, and may just may go on, on about it. But you've got Cairo Prince, who Mike Battaglia just made the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Um, and you've got a horse named Matador, and uh, you've got a horse I think is a legitimate long shot in here uh, that reminds me a, a lot of the, the filly you mentioned in tune in Constitution. So, uh, and, uh, and let's, let's throw into the mix the newly trained Zito horse that jumps up and wins the Swale Stakes. That's the picture I'm painting. I want to see uh, how you put a frame around it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it is a phenomenal race. And uh, I, just, I actually just uh, posted a story on thisishorseracing.com about, about Cairo Prince. Um, I was Fortunate, I was able to speak to um, the breeder of Cairo Prince. Uh, her name is Kathy Elam, and, and she bred him in Kentucky. She's actually got a, a neat little story. So uh, if you're if you got a little time, take a take a peek. Uh, if your listeners want to take a peek at a little bit of a, a different story on the Derby Trail, but you 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 totally painted the picture. I think right. It's a it's a great little showdown. Sort of another. Uh, you know, rubber match between Wildcat Red and General A Rod. I think. Uh, any racing fan would have to like that. Rivalries are, are what really make our game great. And then you throw in uh, a, a really hugely talented 
a cult like Cairo Prince and Constitution has, has shown, like you said, two two for two in his races. Uh, Nick Zito has spot. He's an, he's a really interesting horse um, that they bought him. Uh, Nick, I, I, I talked to him last spring, last fall, how he really, really wanted to have a good horse for uh, that owner, Joseph Moss, who's an elderly man from, from Texas. And, of course, Nick, you know, wears his emotions right on his sleeve. And he was just overjoyed when he, when he won that race and the, the swale with him. You know, first off the purchase, I guess he he's an, he he could be an interesting horse. It's kind of the horse that he beat, No Name Never, was is really oh yeah considered to be of a of a really uh, upper tier type of horse. So you know, and he beat him pretty handily in that race. Now, granted, it was No Name Never's uh, first start in quite a while. Uh, Spot had run, um, so he he's coming back in here. You know, I think he's going to be tough, but I, I you know. If it all shakes out on the way it probably, well, the way the way it could, I, you know, Cairo Prince, I think, is, is clearly the horse to beat. I mean, he's got the win over the track by daylight lengths. He, he beat a horse in Tenth Holiday who came back and, and won the um, uh, Risen Star down at Fairgrounds. We're probably going to talk about him in, in just a little while. Um, so, you know, he's a he was just got beat a nose to Honor Code and. Honor Code, of course, is off the Triple Crown Trail, but what, what Honor Code would be certainly one of the high, highly regarded contenders going into the Wood Memorial next weekend if he was still around. Um, you know, he, he's done really everything they've asked of him with the exception of that one loss, and he just lost by a nose and it just strangely run Renzen. Um, you know, I think, I, I do think Constitution it is pretty much a step up for him going into Greatest Stakes Company, I think, against this group versus what we talked about in the, in the, earlier race for Phillies, I don't think the, the quality of competition that Fletcher Philly is going to have to go against in the Gulfstream Oaks is quite the quality of competition that Constitution is going to have to face in here in horses like Wildcat Red and General A-Rod and Cairo Prince and Spot, who are all great at stakes winners. I mean, it's going to be, well, General A-Rod is not a great stakes winner, but he was uh, he won the Gulfstream Park Derby and was second in the Fountain of Youth by a, by a short head. So, yeah, it's a, a really good race. We had to make me pick a winner. I guess I, I guess I would pick uh, Cairo Prince. And uh, I have a hard time uh, picking against a horse like Wildcat Red, who's just, you know, a mile, seven furlongs, six and a half, a mile and sixteenth. Whatever you throw at him, he seems to respond. And I, I think Florida is definitely his game. Uh, you know, he likes it down there. We'll, we'll see how he, his form transfers, maybe when he gets a little bit north to Kentucky, but you know, he's going to be awfully tough in there, especially from the rail with, you know, no speed to his, just to his outside. Um, and I don't think they're going to want to really go to the lead with Cairo Prince. So, you know, he should, he should get pretty good run into that first turn and pretty much have things going away. Yeah. And he gets his fifth different jockey, but it's not a bad one. Yeah. Johnny V yeah. who just went over the $300 million mark last weekend. So I have to be honest uh, that uh, I'll be at, at a track watching this race, but my hands will be in my pocket because I can just, uh, you know, Cairo Prince, I, I don't think, I think he, he won't be a price. And, and I just yeah. think there's too many horses uh, that could, you know, especially as we mentioned earlier, if this track comes up as wet as they say it's going to be, he's never been on an off track in top competition. Mm-hmm. So anything could happen. I'm going to enjoy watching this race, but I'm keeping my hands in my pocket. Well, that was a look at the two <laughs> top races at Gulfstream Park. We're talking with Tom Law. Of course, uh, 
You can always uh, read uh, a lot of Tom's writings uh, on thisishorseracing.com. When we come back, we're going way down yonder to New Orleans, to the fairgrounds. You are listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me is Tom Law. Again, uh, you can uh, read Tom at thisishorseracing.com. And uh, we're coming up on the Louisiana Derby, a grade two, putting up a million dollars. And uh, this, again, this reminds me uh, a lot of the, the, the race that we just discussed, the uh, Florida Derby, and that there's there's plenty of horses that 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 have a chance for some upside. Uh, Tom had mentioned uh, Intense Holiday, the horse who uh, just put in an amazing race in the Risen Star, got up by a nose, but right behind that nose was Albano, who's going to break from the far outside in the ten hole, and then a horse that was in trouble from the time they drew the pill for the post position. And that was Vickers in trouble, uh, as we stated on our show before we handicapped that race. Drew the unlucky 13, was going to have to be pressed a little bit to get a good position. Didn't, was four wide on both turns, and ended up running third. Rosie Napravnik will be in the saddle there. Um, you've got uh, a horse that was uh, highly regarded in, in Gold Hawk in here. But I think the real fly in the ointment is going to be a horse shipping all the way from New York. This horse has made three starts, broke its maiden at Saratoga, won the Belmont Futurity. Of course, those are sprints. Stretched out the last time in the Gotham. It was very impressive. 
but I think he had a lot of things going against it, was challenged every step of the way, uh, and then got stuck uh, down on the rail uh, with Uncle Si and Samurai, the two horses I know Tom's very familiar with. Uh, they're New York breds, but nobody tells these horses where they're bred, and those are two of the best three-year-olds in the countries right now. And it'll be interesting to see if In Trouble can make a trip down there and run as good as these other horses that have already proven themselves over the fairground strip. Enough said. How about you, Tom? Uh, you know, I agree. I think in trouble is really the kind of the X factor in the race, only because uh, a lot of these other ones, and almost all of them, have all run against each other before. Um, you know, on Tenth Holiday, uh, shipped down there from from Palmettos uh, to win the Risen Star last time out, and you got almost several of these coming back. And you have Fletcher also was bringing a horse named King Cyrus that ran second last time out in, in a small race at Calder. But uh, otherwise, all the rest are all sort of local horses. And in trouble, the thing I like about him, I, I did like his race in the Gotham. I actually liked him going into that race. And, and really, I, I really thought last summer at Saratoga, he, he was really one of the more impressive maiden winners. Um, you know, he did not get the – an 83 buyer, I guess, is a, is a pretty good number. Uh, but a lot of times you'll see horses get into the 90s. But I really thought visually he was one of the most impressive winners, maiden winners at the Saratoga meet last year. You were going to – I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going to ask me something, John. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just listening because okay. you, you're okay. there to watch these horses, and I knew that you saw him. I, I just commented yeah. that, you know, an 83 buyer in your in your maiden, I'll take it. And then all of a sudden you yeah. jump up, and now we had Andy on two weeks ago. You got a 94 and you got a 95 as in trouble stretches out. I, I think he's a, a very dangerous horse. He, it's just that, that he's lightly raced. Now, do, do you know, did he have any hitches in his get-along, or, or was uh, Tony Dutro just taking his time with him? Yeah, I, I can't remember what what the what the issue was after the futurity. I know that they wanted to take their time and, and think about this year, but uh, he hasn't done anything wrong at all this year. Tony, I spoke with Tony uh, a few weeks ago about a filly named Gracer that he had that won a little stakes up at Aqueduct, and she was subsequently retired after that race. And, and he was high on him. He, he's been high on this horse for a while. And a lot of people thought after the Gotham that maybe a logical step would be to run in the wood. And Tony said, well, you know, maybe I might go somewhere else. And then now, of course, he shows up at the fairgrounds, a million-dollar race. I think, you know, the uh, the race in New York, uh, the Wood Memorial, you're going to have to run against social inclusion and some others up there. And Samrat again, obviously. So maybe he felt like this was a better spot. Um, obviously, he's a horse that needs some points as well, and there's certainly a lot of points on the line in here. And like you said, a uh, million-dollar race. Um, you know, he drew, you know, he drew an outside post in here, but, uh, plenty of run to the first turn. I don't think that, uh, that's going to be a problem. So, you know, he may be able to track a little bit of speed this time, although, you know, on paper and looking at the, the form of some of the other horses, there's not a, a ton of speed in here. He's got a little bit of speed right to his inside and, and rise up and won the Delta jackpot, uh, as a two-year-old last year, but really, uh, didn't show much. While, while racing really, you know, really almost not uncontrollably, but did not run very impressively in his first start out, last time out in the star seventh in there, uh, very rank. But, the, uh, you know, I think Vickers in trouble with a better trip is the kind of horse, and you, you mentioned all the trouble that he got in. It's funny that he has a, <laughs> he's named that way, and he's, of course, by a, by a horse named uh, Into Mischief, so maybe <laughs> maybe trouble is, uh, is his thing, but 
you know, when he didn't have any trouble in the Lecomte, two starts back, I mean, he was, he was as impressive as any three-year-old that I've seen this year, in my opinion. And, you know, he's sort of the Mike Maker has General Aaron going in the Florida Derby. So maybe this horse is maybe a little bit under the radar. He's a, He's a Ken Ramsey horse that's not by Kitten's Joy. So, uh, maybe that's a Louisiana brat. Headline. And a Louisiana brat. Yeah, he's got a, he's an interesting horse. I, I love horses like this. This is a great story. You know, I mean, by, uh, you know, into mischief, certainly a, a sire that's been through farm is really high on and has, has done very, very well. But yeah, every so often, Ramsey will, will buy one that, that they like, you know, that he really trusts, uh, Mark Partridge, his farm manager, to help him buy horses. and and this is one that, you know, they got for their, that's their spending level, about $80,000. And he's a, you know, he didn't run that badly for, for as bad a trip as he got last time. He'll still be third in there behind uh, two really good horses in 10th Holiday and Albano. Of course, Albano broke from the rail in there and, and had bleed all the way around. This time he's got the extreme outside post. So he's got the complete opposite deal in here. Um you know, and they all got to, I guess, I guess they all got to beat uh, Intense Holiday, although, you know, he was five to one last time and he just barely won by a nose. So are you going to be, I don't know if I'm going to be willing to maybe take half that price in here, which I think he might be. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't crazy about him last time, even though he ran really well, um, coming out of a, a good race in the Holy Bull and, and, and one, you know, ran like you want to, but. You know, he really kind of leveled out at the end, and the rest of them got a little bit tired. So, you know, he could be tough in here. Um, you know, it's funny that Steve Asmussen's got a horse in here as well. Goldhawk, like you mentioned, for the Winchells. Uh, Empire Maker out of Caressing. Of course, Caressing won the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies way back when at, at Churchill. And she Island. won the Bassinet Stakes way back when. There you go. All right. <laughs> and the same year, she, yeah, she's a two-year-old champion, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the bad, the bad, I've, I've, I've got to say, and I know we're we're we're, get, we're getting close to the Oaks, but just I'll just put in when you look at the the daily racing form PPs, there's only one horse that's won on a sloppy track. It was at the fairgrounds, won by six and a half lengths, going two turns. Vickers in trouble. That's going to be my selection in here, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. I could. Um, uh, I could very much see that. Um, you know, he would not uh, not be a surprise to me at all. Well, listen, uh, we're down to about two minutes, but we're also down to a five-horse field in the Fairgrounds Oaks. I got a feeling when they picked up the overnight and saw that Untappable was going in, most of the three-year-old fillies said, I'm going shopping someplace else. Yeah, she was, uh, she was much the best last time in the Rachel Alexandra, uh, won by, you know, nine and a half. Um, you know, I, I think Unbridled Forever, it was Dallas Stewart's silly. Uh, breaks me outside the five hole in here. She she won the Silver Bullet Day, which is kind of the prep for the Rachel Alexander. They decided to just give her a little bit of time in between races. Um, she's out of lemons forever. Won the Kentucky Oaks. Yeah, uh, could be uh, could be interesting. And then uh, Fifty Shades of Gold is the three horse who's going to be ridden by Mike Smith for the first time for Corey uh, uh, Brett Calhoun. He was a Philly that, you know, she's a Philly that he was really, really high on last summer at Saratoga. I know he was very disappointed and really, not disappointed, but upset when she got injured and was off, you know, didn't wasn't able to finish out the year. I know he was really excited to get her back down at the fairgrounds and get her running again. She won her little race at uh, Sam Houston last time to get ready for this. She could be good going for two turns for the first time 
Yeah, the only bad part is, like you said, it's only a five-horse field, so I know there's going to be great prices on any of them. If you if you like to take a stand against untappable, but that could be a, a risky proposition. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I watched the the ratio Alexandra Tom, and it was uh, visually impressive. Uh, yeah. Rosie, pretty much once she asked that horse to go, it went, and after that, she just spent the rest of the race looking under her armpits to see if anybody was coming, and I hope she had good eyesight, because she won by yeah. nine and a half lengths, so uh, yeah. I think that that's your key horse here, whether you're playing uh, pick threes or whatever. Well, my producer's telling me that uh, I've only got a minute left, so before we go, Tom, can you please, uh, one more time, tell people how they can um, read your writing and, and your partner's? Sure. Uh, you can go to our website, which is thisishorseracing.com, and uh, you can find a lot of different stuff on there. we got a lot of stuff about the steeplechase season. Like we said, we're going to have a lot of Triple Crown uh, prep race stuff. We're going to have coverage of, of the Triple Crown races. I'm going to make it back to the Derby this year. I missed it last year for the first time in 20 years. Looking forward to that. We'll be, of course, we'll be at the Freakness in the Belmont all the way through the Triple Crown. This is horseracing.com is the place to go. You can follow me on Twitter at Saratoga TL. And uh, we're also on uh, Facebook at this is facebook.com backslash this is horse race. All right. Well, that's Tom Law. That's how you get a hold of him. And that's how you, you read what he writes. A great writer, a great person. Let's hope he's a great handicapper. You've been listening to winningponies.com. Hope we gave you a slew of winners. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.